0: We've got a code! Use code VolleyPod for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VolleyPod, V O L L E Y P O D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the Volley Pod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today.
1: Good evening, and welcome to a special edition of the Volley Pod. How are you this evening, Todd? Davis back from
0: the convention and uh, just trying to get back into uh, a little uh, recovery mode. You know, it's it's, a, it's all good. It was uh, fun, but I was there for uh, stayed for the <laughs> final and then uh, saw my buddy Dale out there okay. and then came back on Monday. So okay. it was uh, the full stay to the bitter end. Yeah, you stay the full week basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah was I was awesome. there from Monday to or Wednesday to Monday. So uh, it was so fun. Yeah, it was fun, fun. But I'm ready ready to uh, come home but it was awesome being there
1: <laughs> absolutely so we're gonna be talking today about what we learned out there right
0: yeah the aftermath the what aftermath, we learned yeah. yeah and there was so, tons of
1: great stuff yeah tons of great stuff
0: and the, the the cool thing I think and kind of part of the little volley pod culture is we're just curious you know yes. and we're always going out oh, what'd you see what'd you see you yeah. know and and some people are all you know when I ask them they're all what Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I saw
1: the bar last night, right. you know, and well, like, no, well, who did you go to, right. you know? And so when I ask you, you're like, oh, you should have gone to this. Yeah. So, oh, that's yeah. what's fun. It's so fun. And there were so many great sessions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I think you're up first.
0: I'm up. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with, uh, the serving, I, I went to a, uh, serving session with steve air from indiana and okay. i thought it was really good you know he talked about playing in the big 10 against you know wisconsin nebraska penn state being the underdog and saying that for him serving was huge and it was probably the most important variable for him being successful so he went through a bunch of not not a lot of technique stuff but just a bunch of little bits and pieces that i want to share a few of them sure. the first one is uh warming up they do long toss like baseball players oh, I love that that's so and cool so they stand back behind the end line and step and just accelerate and get that ball moving with their arm at a you know uh you know fast speed just mm-hmm. like uh, the major leaguers do you know playing long toss. yes you know?
1: I really like that and, and one of the things I've heard is that that's one of the safer ways to develop speed uh for your arm everyone wants to you know hit harder throw harder but if you can do this long toss repeatedly, it, it really is helpful and safe. And then so stretch it out. Yeah, and absolutely. Stretch it
0: out. Yeah. And along with that, then they went to kind of half court fleeing and really looking at is the ball floating? Okay. And that being really the most important variable, they're saying, hey, the ball has to float. Yes. And after watching that final and standing behind the court and watching some of the uh, serving from Texas. Their balls were floating oh, davis wicked trust wicked me floaters. they were yeah. moving
1: they were moving that's awesome okay really so cool. that was the start all right how about you what do you got all right so first thing i wanted to t- kind of talk about is not really something you know too much specifically to do with volleyball but everyone was talking about it out there nil the portal and specifically this new proposal that will remove caps to what individual schools can give individual student athletes and basically would give every D1 student athlete $30,000 or more in addition to their scholarship. And, you know, I have definitely, have mixed feelings about this, you know, but it's, it's definitely a proposal that's a realistic proposal that they're going to look at. And uh, the idea being they want to help the student athlete um, share in the revenue that these schools are making from the student athletes. So, yeah. it's very uh, interesting.
0: That one's a scary one for me. I just think it just, I mean, there are some schools that are getting income from student athletes and Mm -hmm. you know some of those big five football schools are getting income definitely some of the basketball schools but the great majority are not right and i think that just separates it more and so you have a group of schools that kind of have pro athletes and then a group of schools that don't right and hey i mean we looked at the final this year was this our first nil final Yes, you know, I know who gives mean. the most NIO money? Yeah, both of those Texas, Nebraska, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, they're in the final. Right. Hey, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm probably in, I'm probably too old to, to uh, come around and go. No, that's going to be a good thing. I, I just I, I don't I mean. Hey, compensating, you know, some of the athletes if the NCA's you know gobbling up big sums of money and the schools are. I understand that. So I uh, I hear what you're saying, but I just I just don't see this
1: ending well <laughs> and it, and it was definitely a big debate out there yeah. and so i don't know what's right you know but it's, it's everyone's talking about it for sure so that was that was interesting to hear for sure all right well so i'm gonna just
0: gonna get back to to, to some serving techniques yeah. for that <laughs> we and can. uh a couple things that uh coach eric talked about were the left arm staying within the body and not letting that left arm fly around uh, and I start I'm mean, I really never focused on that left arm on the serves, but sometimes it's kind of flying around after the toss and kind of swings to the left outside the body. And he wants to keep that within the, you know, kind of phone booth of the body. Okay. And along with that, staying tall and no piking okay. So saying, if you're piking, then you're slamming your head into the front of the phone booth. <laughs> so can you stay okay. in the phone booth and kind of keep everything within the phone booth? Okay, I like that. So, uh, kind of a nice external uh, cue there, you know, staying in the phone booth, keeping your arm in, staying tall, and kind of having that repetitive technique. I love that. I think that's yeah. awesome.
1: Really cool. All right, what's so next? So, next is, how do the best coaches get better? And I got to hear Danny Busboom-Kelly and Kevin Hambley, who I think is one of the top coaches in the country. And what, what he does is watch a lot of pro volleyball. Uh, especially the indoor club teams. And his rationale is that they have the most time to practice, right? So they're able to really, really prepare, not only for their opponent, but just in general. And he likes to study those teams, see what they're doing and take bits and pieces of it back to his team. I thought that was really awesome. Now, with that is some really exciting news for volleyball coaches, because if you are an AVCA um, member Right? The American Volleyball Coaches Association member. Next year in 2024, they'll give everyone a Volleyball World membership for free. And Volleyball World is awesome. Wow. It shows tons of international matches. And the highest level matches, both on the sand and indoor. So, and
0: I don't know gonna if this is
1: going to be great for my marriage, <laughs> <laughs> Davis. This, this might be great Too for my volleyball funny. acumen,
0: <laughs> but I don't know. Given the video I watch right now, now I we're adding it. the volleyball world to my oh, uh, I love my it.
1: menu. It's so cool. Uh,
0: I could put some hours in. That's good stuff. It's I like it. Cool. So, I yeah, like it. Good talk. All right. So, I'm staying on the, the serving and we're going to tactics. and, And he has a lot of one to one and five to five. saying that hey that distance that longer distance means you can hit the ball harder
1: okay and it's just super simple hey
0: you serve a longer distance you can hit it harder and it's going to stay in pretty simple there and then along with that is always testing short and he says it's funny Mm -hmm. he can serve one ball short and he can tell after one ball does this team practice this or not right (laughs) and if they don't then he'll give them a a steady diet of it okay and if they clear out and make the perfect pass he will go okay
1: well we're we're getting away from that they they practice it (laughs) right that's pretty pretty cool I love that idea test it right why not okay really cool all right so next what I have is this increased amount of back row attacking, okay? So, Ooh, so we saw it in the final. We saw it in the finals and they, in the semi, I believe she hit 400, uh, uh, Skinner hit 400 out of the back row and it was her most efficient attack. And so what they're saying- She was now, good in
0: the final and she tipped a bunch. She started with tipping. Drop so, tips to right. four, yeah. I saw that, that
1: was beautiful. And so I guess what they're saying is initially when the back row attack came out, it wasn't a really high efficiency thing. People are running it mostly out of system and now they're doing it in system kind of really stretching them forward and they're pretty much getting after it copying the men copying the men, the men and yep. uh so i think it's got to be part of what you at least consider doing with with your uh row attack
0: well so, i i would still say you have to look at your athletes and it's got to be yes. efficient. I mean, yes. Skinner can make it look pretty easy, but then I see pictures of her with her feet up by the bottom <laughs> of the net. And I'm like, hmm, right. I haven't seen too many of my attackers win that posture. True, true. So uh, I'm still, I mean, I, I think we have to look at it. It's probably player specific. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, just check so, it out. Check it right. out. Yeah. All right, my last serving one. And that is uh, Coach Aired was very, it was really into variety. And his thing was, hey, we're going to have six servers with six different weapons. I love this. And he would, hey, he had a jump spinner who was kind of high ace, high error. Okay. He had some servers who were a bunch of second tempo. He had ones that were just kind of going heavy speed floater, and he kind of had them down the middle. And then he had ones he knew he could go sideline second tempo uh and then he practices that and says hey serve five different serves right now and name them see, and like so kids could have their own names for their own serves and just kind of experiment
1: uh so i thought that was pretty cool i think that's really cool did you ever see major league the movie yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. He's like, "Forget the curveball, give him the heater." Yeah. right. It's like that's what, you know, we maybe we have some names like that and it yep. pops them up, you know. Yep. Super cool. Yep. All right. Cool. So next up, uh was something Kevin Hambly mentioned, which is a little bit more serious basically, but just with the recruiting becoming so high stakes with all this money coming involved for some of the athletes. We don't know the effect that it's ha- having on the athletes with that increased exposure early. We just don't really know that. So the the question is, can we be wary and aware of the effect of that on the athletes? Because some of these kids are making big time money decisions when they're 16 and 17 years old. And
0: well, I mean, there's even a kid. I don't know if you, did you see that La Jolla country Day basketball player? Oh. The girls' basketball player has like nil money at La Jolla Country Day playing basketball. Wow, and she's getting, she's got a bunch of you know TikTok followers, yep. and uh, she's getting. I mean. Uh, I don't know if she's getting in six figures, but I right. think she's in high five figures Man. as a high school. That's crazy. And I mean, it's like, Hey, great. You're doing this. But along with that comes the, the downside. And I think that is, uh, especially with all the mental health stuff. I think that's yes. a, that's a concern.
1: Absolutely. Just, we need to be aware of the, the effects and we're not really, we're not there yet. We need to find out.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, speaking of, uh, we'll get move on from serving to culture. Okay. And there was a uh, session they called Big Moments and uh the idea of what do you do with your team? How do you prepare your team for big moments? Okay. And they had uh Jason Watson from Arkansas. Okay. Uh they had Courtney Thompson from the Olympic team, ex-Olympic setter uh and they had some great stuff and so arkansas uh, they talked about their culture and i'm always you know me i like culture stuff mm-hmm. and they talked about their values and they had three uh present resilient and brave oh and okay. so talk about in timeouts he always wanted to anchor to one of those oh, see, I love so that. they talked about big moments hey we anchor to our values once again being present being resilient and being brave. Along with that, I'll give you one more: the Arkansas whiteboard check-in. I think, okay. I think JJ stole this too. I think he's doing this still at Arizona State because they okay. were uh, they were doing it before, and he kept this. Okay. Uh, what is it? And they do they have their initials in right on the board, and when they come in, they do a check-in: uh, green, yellow, red for emotional check-in. Okay, and that green is hey, I'm ready to go. I'm all in. Yellow is hey, my day was a little wonky. I'm I'm gonna get it together here. And red means that hey, I had a rough day. Okay, and so that means that you know the coaches will go by and kind of make sure they check in with especially those people. Somebody says they're in the red. Right, and then along with that, uh, so that's their emotional check in, and along with that, they have what I want to improve today. Okay, so what's the player? So the one thing. I like the player that. wants to improve so they come in the gym they do their whiteboard check-in kind of an interesting like
1: uh, culture thing absolutely and that kind of ties in with what i'm going to talk about next and this is um, molly grisham i got to see her session on culture she okay. speaks with the best uh, women's basketball teams in the country and works with them uh, in terms of team building team development and team uh, bonding and first of all she called when the when the team is growing apart, she called that team death. If I say it, I can't say the team is growing apart unless I say it's team death because growing apart is death. We need to be growing together. Ah, and I like so it. I learned also the the term sociometrics, which is the study of human connection. And so when you can put some metrics on the connection, it can be helpful for being aware of what is necessary for them, right. So, uh, we're averaging a, you know, three today on a scale of one to five, on you know, ready to go, something okay, like that. Interesting. Okay, I like it. But she did a bunch of really cool check ins, and one of the check ins she did, I thought, was really neat. She and she had a bunch of time over COVID where she couldn't meet physically with the groups, so she'd have them kind of over Zoom or whatever, and she made a big map, and and one, and, and she labeled all these places on the map. And one was like isolation island, right? And there was like cool city, or <laughs> you know, uh, ready to go road and stuff like that, where it's like they could stand kind of by their uh, what they're feeling like and still right. have it be kind of fun and noticed by the coaches, right? And keep, I like, it. yeah, cool. keep aware. Yeah. Of that. So, and she had a couple of cool check-ins like that. So yeah. that was one thing I really took from that. It was awesome.
0: Cool. So yeah, so they didn't have to talk a lot about it. They just went and walked to a spot. Exactly. That's cool. I like it. I like it. Along those same lines in culture, uh, Courtney was was pretty she's always pretty funny and told some funny stories. And she was talking about the the USA team and they were talking about the that energy stress continuum. Okay. And they have a uh, they measure it on a scale of one to 10 okay where they're looking to be at a five okay so they don't want to be at a one with no energy right they don't want to be at a 10 where they're so stressed out right. they want to be at this five where mm-hmm. they have the energy to perform and they're in this kind of optimal emotional environment i love that and so i thought that was pretty cool and she was talking about she was at the olympics i think she was talking to maybe kayla Banworth. and so they would always check in with each other and they would all like, like where, where are you right now? You know, and they would go, oh, I'm at a seven. And so she asked Caleb Bamworth at the Olympics, Where are you? Oh, I'm at a 55. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that story was pretty funny. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I'll give you one more True. little, uh, I'm gonna give you another little culture thing. And this was from uh, Eduardo, okay, uh, at Colorado. And we oh, went oh, to that hey. session together. Yes, but yes. one of the things that was shared, he had a little coaching improvement session, uh, where he put coaches in small groups, and one of the women. Uh, there who was a seemed like a a real uh, knowledgeable coach was talking about her stuffed animal culture. Okay, so they had a stuffed animal as their as their uh, yearly mascot. Okay, so she would have this (laughs) stuffed animal, and they would take it wherever they went would be on the bench. And then at the end of practice, the person who had this kind of inspiring practice would take the stuffed animal home and then give it some kind of uh, uh, addition to it so they <laughs> okay, put they'd okay. like put an earring on it or you know draw a tattoo on it or nice. do some kind of funky thing so by the end of the year they're carrying this thing and it's just this oh, it has everybody's personality added to it that's cool so that was kind of a cool thing and it's cool so
1: right on right on nice okay so Last one on culture that I got, it's, I feel like as coaches, a lot of times we say I can't get them to talk, right? And her take on that was if we give them the right tool and ask them the right questions, they will talk. And I think that that was eye-opening to me because a lot of times I I tend to put that on them, meaning they just don't want to talk. Well, well, there's a lot more responsibility that I can take in setting up the situation to make it amenable for them to talk. And one quick thing on that was this idea of opting in or opting out okay it's a lot easier to opt out of something so if it's low risk um it doesn't really matter but if something's high risk you don't want them to be stressed out about having to opt in and do something special you want to kind of decrease some of the stress and let them opt out of it if they're not feeling it and i just thought that was a really cool idea it's not like hey who's having a bad day everyone raise your hand you know what i mean Instead, it's, you know, if you're having a bad day, sit down, relax, we'll come talk to you in a minute. Something like that. Um, And it was just a wonderful talk on culture. It was great. Cool. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll give you another culture one. I went to the final day. I don't think I talked to you. You were gone. Okay. And I went to watch JJ because he was speaking, but I had to leave before he got on. But Lauren Steibricker from James Madison University had a talk on culture. And there were a couple things. She talked about this idea of beliefs to behaviors in this three by three. So they had three beliefs, and theirs were hey, they valued the best effort, um, they valued connecting, and they valued learning. And then under each of those, they had three behaviors that were there. So once again, beliefs to behaviors. So it was real concrete, tangible. A nice. couple other things that she had, a couple other uh, little bits were: be careful with with the language you use, and yes. a lot of teams choose family. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Hey, we talk to kids in our program sometimes where it's a bad fit, and we say, 'Hey, it's a bad fit. We think you should go to another school or do something.' She's, all, you don't do that with your family, right? So she's, all, she has a problem with using that as one of the uh, values for a college team right so it's not a family yeah. it's a little different that, that's fair that's and just fair, like somebody's, oh i'm in the portal i'm leaving the family <laughs> you know <laughs> and the other thing she said is interesting is some people might have a negative connotation with okay. family yes yeah. uh maybe it's not a great thing for that right well, uh so it's, it's interesting it's, and then a couple other things she had language wise that i liked she had dmgb okay what's dmgb stand does for? it matter get better
1: uh, doesn't matter, get better. Okay. So there'd be all
0: this like interference, whatever doesn't matter, get better. I like that. Uh, so that was one. And then her other one was uh part of their culture uh, in this connect. One of her connect behaviors was first to help. Okay. But along with that, the one I liked is first to ask for help.
1: Oh. That idea
0: of being vulnerable and asking for help love is really adding to that connection. And we don't think of that so much. We always think of, of helping but not asking. Right? Absolutely.
1: And so I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's great. That sounds really cool. Um, Okay. I got to see the staff of Vanderbilt, and they're in a really interesting situation because they don't have a team yet. But they've been working on developing what's going to be the team. They're undefeated. they yeah, they're, they're undefeated. They're playing.
0: I'm sure they were yes. looking looking uh very rested. <laughs> yeah, and, uh... <laughs>
1: super organized. And they honestly were. And that was one of the things that I really took from it is man, I gotta get more organized. <laughs> These guys are on it. And it's like they have a 10-year plan. They have all this thing breaking down from the 10 years to five years, three years, one year, month by month, season by season. Uh position by position. And I don't mean volleyball position. I mean like, you know, head coach, uh, assistant coach, you know, all that stuff. And just the one thing that I took from that is they ask their assistants, what do you like doing? And I, I think a lot Pretty of- time, simple. It's so simple, but a lot of times I think of, okay, you're going to do this. You're going right. to do this. Just can I get some feedback? What do you want to do? Okay. We got the liberos or the setters, which one would you like to take? Right. So anyways, you can build from rapport. You could tell they had great rapport.
0: I like it's that. Awesome All right. Game. How about we get into a little setting? All right. One of my favorite college coaches, Christy Johnson Lynch oh, from Iowa she's State. So good with that. She did a setting under pressure game specific drills. Okay. So I'm going to give you two of them. The first is a simple one that I know we do sometimes, but I get away from it. And then I'm like, oh, we got to do that. Yeah. That's progressive score.
1: Oh, yeah. And that would
0: have been a good one for uh, if you played uh, Texas because they were running off big runs. Right, and yes. so this idea of hey, can you have rotation pressure? Progressive score basically is every time the server serves, they get an extra point. So the first time you serve is worth one, second time, two, third time, three, fourth time, four. So yeah. now your setter on the other side has this pressure, and the offense has this pressure to side out because right. they're worth a lot of points. Yeah, if you get too far behind, you're out of it, right? Yeah, yep. Good and way. we saw, hey. What were the runs that uh skinner was doing serving i mean she had runs of like six seven eight points
1: yeah absolutely yeah okay
0: and then the second one is i think what they called cyclones is their uh uh one of their their games they play and so they start at 22 22. they do some kind of coach initiation on each side for the first team to get to 24. okay and then once you get to 24 you gotta side out or you go back to 22.
1: Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. Yes. So whenever
0: you get to 24, you got to side out or you go back to 22. So I love uh, that idea of it's pressure on setter at the end of sets. Hey, how are we going to side out here? What are we doing?
1: I love that. And it, it builds big moments. Yep. So that when you get in big moments, you're not like, oh, I've never been here before. Yep. You know, so I really like that one. Um, okay, next, a little bit of defense. Okay, so okay. I saw some really good defense coaching out there. Um, and I'm not clear on the coach's name, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, He was really big on the first step to pursue, right? And so he wants to make sure that you have slightly staggered feet, you're pushing off one foot and you're going in the correct direction, not going in the wrong way or being inefficient. So he just did some ball drop stuff that I thought, you know, I'm not going to do it all the time. But I'm gonna do it a little bit to try to get them to be efficient with the yeah, little, little awareness. A little awareness, yeah. And the one cool thing about it is he also has them turned to the side to kind of turn and go. Okay. And he gave them two movement patterns: either jab with the inside foot or just immediately cross over. Like when I was playing beach, I was taught to jab and then cross over if you're gonna run down the high yep. line. Now a bunch of the people are saying don't jab, just cross over. But i think it is kind of athlete specific cool right so it was pretty cool to see that
0: i like it all right uh chris mcgowan
1: oh, nice. had a thing on targets okay.
0: um you know it's, this is gold middle square stuff uh most of it uh was stuff i'd seen okay. but a couple things that resonated two things uh, how bad the right side of the court is yes so when the setter has to step backwards and something is behind the setter, that all of a sudden hitting efficiency goes down by like 150 points. Wow! So in transition, they were teaching their setter not to run into the target area, but to kind of turn and face to keep that ball in front.
1: I think that's interesting. I really like that. So that was
0: one. The second one is if the set is coming from left back, let's say that ball is shanked in left back and little Barrow's running into that left back corner to set. All of a sudden the target area is high, but it's almost toward the middle of the court. Okay. So they're not getting anything that's coming over the head of that outside hitter. They yes. want it inside of them. So yeah, that's cool. those two things, as far as targets were kind of, I thought were a little newer for me. I hadn't really heard it said that way
1: and uh, makes sense. Those guys are numbers guys. And oh, I think yeah. it was good stuff. Absolutely. And I really was noticing that when I had my team because we talked about this out there, but I had practice with my club team and I was really noticing it and trying to work on it a little bit and it and it definitely was helpful. So it was cool. Yeah, just a little little things to be aware of. Cool. What else do you got?
0: I got one more thing. Okay. We talked about this out there too. And this was a uh, guy's name was Bruno. He was his friend coach who was the assistant for the Japanese women's national team. Yeah. And he did a thing on blocking. and almost completely the antithesis of what i do <laughs> yeah, uh because he was one, doing yeah. this footwork stuff where kids are doing this uh what do they call it the quick two or something where yeah. they're jumping off one foot right. and jumping sideways and then this hand work where they're reaching with one hand yeah. uh and all this stuff where hey get a touch get a touch and he had some drills that put time pressure on players and i started looking at it and uh you know there's the negative of hey i have smaller players and when they start reaching they're not really over the net and so there's a bunch of reasons for me to say oh, i can't do that with my team on the other hand watching these players have this awareness of where the ball is crossing the net True. and it's kind of reminds me of our buddy kurt donaldson when he used to be on the beach okay you know and yep. kurt's this five seven guy yep. and he used to be a big jumper then he got old and wasn't jumping but he would still find himself around the net in the beach And he would just jump and put his hand up there and touch so many balls at five, seven as an old man on the beach and barely getting, you know, to the net, but he knew where the ball was crossing the net. And so, uh, you know, I have players in this kind of perfect form and doing this footwork and handwork and it looks under control. But do I am I de-emphasizing this idea of hey you got to touch the freaking
1: ball? As a you good know? point, and they had one kid there that was really good at doing it. Oh yeah, you, know? you saw so, her yeah. at the end, and yeah. so it was like, okay, it made me start thinking, okay, maybe I should be doing some of this stuff, you know, because she did make it look pretty athletic. You know, it, it definitely seems a little bit more athletic that move. Well, sometimes. I just
0: think the idea, and we talked about it with serving a little bit of experimenting, yes, maybe, and having a saying, variety hey, maybe moves. there isn't, maybe. We have some things we believe in, but we we give some leeway for some, a little more experimentation. Yep.
1: I love it. Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Davis. Good stuff. super fun. Nice hat, my friend. Oh uh, Yeah, that's right. We You're have good. the volley pod gear. That's We're starting right. to get some gear out. We, we got, got, got some...
1: hats. We got stickers. We have one fan. Lindsey Price was our fan. That's right. So, I mean, things are looking good right now. Things are looking up. Well, we have to get it. We have to get like a little volley pod store. That's going to be dead. Nice, yeah. But we have to have some gear. People are asking
0: me, Hey, where do I get a hat? Uh, uh, we gave them all away. Hey, we got to get some more.
1: We even gave away <laughs> Coach Ken's hat. And we anyways, gave away Ken's ad, yeah, but, so, okay. but anyways, hey, super fun episode. We, we learned a lot at the convention. Thanks a lot. Good stuff, Davis. Thank you. Bye.